podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back for another week, another episode. And folks, I can't believe mon- er, March is already coming to a close. It has been a wild month. You enter the month on the bubble. You get to the middle of the month, you're without a head coach in basketball. And then you have a coaching search. You hire Tang, and here we are. We're getting to the end of the month, and it has been one of our most downloaded months of all time. So I first, before we start talking in this episode, want to thank you all. Um, we've put out a lot of episodes, and that has a lot to do with it, but uh, you all downloading it, commenting, and uh, getting our numbers to where it is. At one point in March, we actually got into the top 100 sports podcasts on Apple, um, and it's all because of you guys. Um, it, it, it's it been a wild ride this month, and I, I'm looking forward to keeping it going into April, all off season. And then before you know it, it's going to be Blitz Month, and we're going to be talking college football. Um, but we got a long ways to go before that, but we have a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, today, it is going, it's not going to be specifically Jerome Tang stuff. But there is a lot of very real momentum in the athletic department right now. And that's what I want to talk on, talk about and also really highlight um, just that K-State needs to capitalize on this. We're at a moment we haven't seen in a very long time where um, all the fans are pulling in the same direction for basketball. There's a lot of cautious optimistic despite losing one of your uh, all-time quarterbacks uh, in football. And then even if you look at two of the bigger uh, women's sports on campus, volleyball and women's basketball, they're both coming off of postseason appearances with all-American talent that is there. Uh, K-State needs to capitalize on it going into next uh, academic and athletic season. We've already seen it squandered a little bit by the baseball team with their slow start and now uh, four game losing streak, uh, you know, losing to Air Force and getting swept by TCU. Again, TCU is a great team, but there was a lot of lost momentum when there was early excitement for this baseball team. And I think it is very important that K State Athletics, the athletic department as a whole, and then the individual sports really do what they can to keep momentum going and to keep fan engagement high. Um, it's all it's all a lot easier said than done. If I had the answers, I would, uh, you know, the perfect answers, I would be, you know, the nation's youngest Power 5 athletic director. And that, that sure is not the case. That sure is not the case. But... Uh, but we, we, we have an opportunity here that needs to be capitalized on. 
I'm going to start with basketball and uh, because that's what we've been talking about. Before I get into it, of course, we are sponsored by the great folks at Athletic Greens. Folks, if you go to athleticgreens.com, any order, you're going to get a year supply of their vitamin D droplets and five free travel packs of their A1 Athletic Greens mixtures. Guys, I even took it with me when I went to go visit my parents in Topeka over this last weekend. Shake it up. That's how I start my day. Yes, I'll occasionally have a little bit of coffee. But the first thing I'm drinking every morning is a glass of my Athletic Greens. One scoop, shake it up, and you have all the vitamins, all the minerals, all the superfoods, all the probiotics you could need to get your day going. I've been doing this for a little over a month now, and I've never felt better. So get over to athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Also, we will be going live, and I've just decided we'll, we'll get back to our Wednesday time slot. Wednesday at 7 p.m., tell your friends, Wednesday 7 p.m. on the ColorCast app. We're going to talk K-State basketball, K-State football, spring ball. Uh, Who knows, we might get a little wacky with some off-season talk, maybe even a little bit of NFL draft talk. Uh, So we are getting back to our native time Wednesday at 6 p.m. on ColorCast, or 7 p.m., sorry, Wednesday 7 p.m. Central Time Zone on ColorCast this week. Okay, uh, let's let's talk basketball and what they need to do basically this offseason to keep momentum going. On the actual basketball side of things, now, a lot is going to happen in the next two months. A lot is going to happen. I don't think that all of a sudden... Uh, next week, we're going to get three five-star commits or anything like that. I'm not that naive. I, do, I don't think it's going to happen that fast. I, I don't think that is going to happen. But where the basketball staff now, uh, you know, Jerome Tang, Jareem Dowling, Ulrich um, Malagy. Also, I, I think we're going to get news this upcoming week on the final assistant. I guess... Hell, you know, if you're listening to this first thing Monday morning, I guess it technically hasn't even been truly announced with the other assistants, but they're out recruiting right now, so it is as good as official gets. But they really need to keep the momentum going and really rebuild this roster, or should I say elevate this roster? Because, you know, uh, uh, Coach Tang does not talk about rebuilding. He's talking about elevating. Now, he does have a leg up because he, he did this, Malagy did this. They both scouted K-State twice. You know, they played against K-State twice as well. So, they know exactly who they're inheriting. So, any roster moves they need to make, they already know. You know, they're going to sit down, and I, I believe they've already started sitting down with the guys and talking to them. So they know what they need to do. They don't need to do any self-scouting. So they're already ahead of the curve compared to, like, if an outsider came in and was trying to evaluate this roster and figure out what they need. So they're already ahead of the curve there. But they need to bring in more talent. And, and we've already seen, you know, we, we've seen them 
make some offers to some pretty high profile 2022 guys. We've already seen them get in and start to talk to some transfer guys. It's beginning. To keep this momentum going, keep this fan base energized, they are going to need to hit on some guys that the fan base can get excited about. You know, I'm not saying if they don't get two five stars, then all momentum's lost because, quite frankly, I, I think of all the teams, this is the one squad that can pr- could, could stay in neutral and there's still going to be a lot of excitement. So I, I think they're in a good spot. But if they could get a couple high-profile guys out of the high school ranks, they could land a few top-tier transfers. They can keep Noel and Nigel Pack in Manhattan. All of a sudden, you don't squint hard and you see a team that is going to be a 20-win ball club and is going to be dancing in March. That's that's what they need to do, you know, in the next few months and get this team ready. And that's going to keep the fan base energized. It's going to keep the fan base energized. So that's what K-State basketball needs to do in-house to keep the momentum going. Now I'm going to talk about this with from a fan perspective and then from an administrative K-State athletics perspective, what they need to keep it going too. K-State Athletics, what they need to do, it's it's a three-pronged. And you're going to hear this come up, some similar stuff with football as well. But the first thing they need to do is just continue to let Cody Izzard do his thing. Creating content, creating stuff on social media, and keep things going. And Emily Starkey did a lot of stuff this uh, basketball season as well because Jay Moline did leave for uh, a job outside of college athletics. And again, K-State continues to have some of the best folks in the business when it comes to this. Um, but here's the thing. When you, when you look at what they were able to do in the week, no, not even the week, from March 21st, to March 24th. The K-State Twitter account got 3.2 million impressions. And close to a quarter million engagements. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Those are numbers that can't be beat. I think that just proves how great the social media and the creative team working for K-State Athletics is. You need to unleash these guys to help keep engagement, keep conversation, keep the eyeballs on this basketball program. That's number one. Number two, and they they started to do this and they need to stay hard on it. Right when Jerome Tang was hired, they launched the Reserve Your Seat for $25 campaign. You know, for 25 bucks, you get to guarantee that you can buy a season ticket for next year. I think that was great. I think it is great that they launched that when they did. But they need to go harder in this offseason. And again, I, I know that college basketball season ticket renewals and seat selection are a little bit later on uh, in, the, in the summer, into the spring and summer. But when that time comes, they need to hammer it home. 
I don't care if it's cold calls. I don't care if it's special pricing. They need to go above and beyond to make sure that Bramlage Coliseum is as full as possible next season. In the non-con, you get Wichita State at home, and that is going to be one of the most highly anticipated non-conference home games in a very long time. There's no reason why that game shouldn't have 12,000 fans there. And it's been a long time since we've even had, I think, above 10,000. You know, that needs to be a sellout, and it needs to be full of purple and very little black and gold. That is a massive game that's going to happen in December, not only to set a tone for this new program uh, for the Jermaine Jerome Tang era, but also just to kind of cement some hierarchy in the state and you know take the first two from Wichita State in that series that I don't even think we should have played. But when the time comes, and I understand the idea of not devaluing your season ticket. I understand the strategies and the money behind not uh, devaluing your product. I, I, I get it. I understand why things are priced the way they're priced. But they need to have some sort of promotional thing the first two weeks, the first 10 days, once season tickets are open, that make it so fans don't have an excuse not to buy season tickets again. You know, and I don't know how cheap it needs to be. And again, you don't give give the premium seats away. You, you try to get those ends filled. You know, you, you do that. But just getting the momentum and then the word of mouth, hey, I decided to get season tickets again. Are you going to? Get that hype around fans and they will follow. And, and that's where it comes to the fans, where the fans need to follow. They need to continue to interact on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, with the content that's being put out. When the time comes when season tickets or season or and ticket packages go on sale, you know, invest a little bit of the money and get ready to invest some of the time into this program because as Jermaine Tang, Jerome Tang said, part of the reason why he came into the fans, recruits want to play in front of a packed arena, in front of rabid fans. They're giving us the reasons, and hopefully they're going to give us the options to do so. Uh, let's lock in and let's go for it. So that's where it comes back to the fans. And again, it is three-pronged. You, you, need, you need the staff to put together the team. You need the athletic department to market and keep fan attention and eyeballs, and then the fans need to deliver. If they follow through on those two things, we need to follow through on our end. You know, moving over to football, it is something that honestly is very similar. You know, and I'm not going to talk about student ticket sales because, again, I'm far removed from a student. Um, I think the prices are good. But they have, they have a lot of seats. But here's the other thing. If you look at the season ticket map for K-State football, there are a lot of seats available. Now, I think it's a little too late to say, hey, K-State football, you guys need to relook at uh, how you guys are doing some pricing to get people back in the stadium. Because we didn't have a sellout last year. You know, coming back from COVID... There, there wasn't a true, I think the Iowa State game got close. The Iowa State game got close, but there wasn't a true sellout last year. And we need to get back to that. You know, it, it, we are 
now completely through the pandemic in the sense that everyone who can get a vaccination uh, has gotten one. There are no mass mandates anymore. There are no more excuses. The athletic department does need to continue to let Emily Starkey do her thing, get the impressions, keep the attention of the fans through spring ball. But the fans need to come through as well. There's a massive game versus Missouri early in the non-con. Well, not early in the non-con. I think it might be the third game. It's the second or third game. But again, it's one of the old hated Big 8 rivals. It's time to get back to 50,000 strong inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium because it could be a special season. You know, you, you fixed your biggest question mark by going out and getting a prolific transfer quarterback and you're bringing back a lot on defense. This can still be a very special season. So if they're going to deliver that, we need to make sure that we get back to that atmosphere that we used to love, fill it up with fans, and really give Missouri absolute hell when they come to town. And again, they have the you know family reunion game, that first game of the year. Uh, you know, John Curry. I, I there was I had a lot of issues with John Curry. I think he was a shitty people person. I probably shouldn't say that because I, I am going to actually try to get him on the podcast this summer. But I, I don't think he was a good people person. But something that he did do, he was great at moving tickets. And ironically enough, he was great at building buildings. And he made a pretty good hire with Bruce Weber. But we're not going to talk about that. But something he did was sell probably cheaper than he should have tickets to make sure that first game of the year was always a sellout. The family reunion game. I think we need to get back to that. I, I think, and again, it goes back to the, I understand the economics of it. You know, selling $10 tickets isn't, isn't a great look for devaluing your product. But getting 50000 back in that stadium twice in the non-con for an electric team. So everyone goes back on Monday, goes back to work on Monday and talks about how much fun they had in a packed Bill Snyder family stadium. And hey, look, Missouri's come to town in a couple weeks. Get two sellouts. Get the momentum going 3-0. Set yourself up to have those atmospheres in Big 12 play. So that's going to have to go hand-in-hand with the athletic department and for the fans to follow suit. Now, something that the football program needs to do, and it's two things. You know, I, I talked about it with the basketball team. Grab a couple high-profile transfers. Um, you know, for football, it doesn't have to be high-profile because they know how to scout them. But there are still enough holes in that team that they, they need to fill. And, and again, for, for the exact roster-building stuff, we're going to bring on experts. We're going to bring on folks who know more about roster composition than I am to give a better-than-oh-we-just-need-some-guys we, we argument that I'm giving today. You know, I, I, we will do that. But this defense, and hell, even the offense, there's potential for this defense to be one of the top two or three in the conference. They just need to fill some holes and get some depth in there so if an injury happens, you you have someone that you feel confident in stepping in. You know, on offense, you probably need another uh, pass-catching weapon, whether it's a tight end or wide receiver, and you probably need to go out and find a more... uh, 
stable backup option to Deuce Vaughn if Jack Stanine and DJ Giddens aren't getting it done in spring. Maybe find a center, I don't know. But it's not unrealistic to think that this team, with a couple more plug-and-play options, even if it's just at a depth, uh, at a couple spots on this team, can't be you know top four in the Big 12 and be contending for Arlington late in the season. There's no reason to think that can't happen. You know, you have, of all the teams that are switching starting quarterbacks, you have a proven commodity, an electric commodity. Adrian Martinez, the all-time, you know, all-purpose yards leader in Nebraska history. You have an electric option there. Other teams switching quarterbacks don't have that. So, if they do that, if they fill those holes, it could be an electric season. Now, something else that the football team needs to do to keep momentum going, and we've we've touched on this a little bit before, but in the time we've been doing this podcast, there hasn't been a better crop of in-state high school talent than what there is this year. Now, the, the two that everyone is focused in on is Avery Johnson and Dylan Edwards. Now, this isn't a recruiting podcast. I don't have, you know, the insight that if you go to K-State online, they're going to have over there. But I think there's a better chance of grabbing those two guys that are two of the top three guys that are four stars. Again, when's the last time Kansas had three four stars uh, in one year at this point in the season? Uh, And you start getting this momentum. K-State fans, more than anything, it's almost to a fault, want to keep these in-state guys in-state. And if you can finally start delivering on that, and again, there's 12 three-star or higher-rated players, according to Rivals. We already grabbed one. There's a couple that are already committed. But if you can grab, like, six of them, again, that, that's, like, best-case scenario. And in and, and rec- and recruiting, it is never best-case scenario. You almost never get best-case scenario. But if you grab a handful of these guys and you have that you know kind of class that fans get to look to, oh, 2022, we have all these homegrown Kansas kids coming into play, including a four-star quarterback and a four-star legacy running back with an Oklahoma offer, and you get these recruiting wins, you're going to see this fan base take off like a rocket ship and something that we probably have never seen when it comes to excitement surrounding a recruiting class. Now, again, it's easier said than done because these are a handful of these guys are legitimately national recruitments, and everyone else, they are truly regional recruitments. You're going to have to go out. If you want to grab a bunch of these kids, you're going to have to beat KU. You're going to have to beat Iowa State. You're going to have to beat Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, Arkansas, in a couple of cases, Notre Dame, Mississippi State, other SEC schools. It's not going to be easy. But again, you do those things, you start to build the momentum. Now, lastly, I kind of want to touch on uh, volleyball and women's basketball because I, I do think there's momentum there. Now, volleyball and women's basketball, both, I believe, underachieved to their talent last year. And I 
I don't. I'm not going to pretend to know roster composition nearly, hardly at all, not at all in volleyball or or women's basketball. But with women's basketball, you women's basketball you have two all freshman players and an all American plus a great recruiting class coming in. In volleyball, you have an all American and Leah Carter. You have these stars, and you need to push them and push those stories. And really make an effort to make a couple of those games an event. Now, I don't know what a what the marquee non-con game is for volleyball. I mean, because usually you don't even get a ton of them in volleyball. Because you play the classics and you do some of that stuff. But they need to pick a game. They need to do their best to truly make an event out of it early in the year. To showcase the young talent. Well, it's not even young talent anymore. Showcase the talent of this team and get the buy-in from the fans early on. And they play in Bramlage now because Ahern honestly should be a condemned building. Um, We need to do everything we can to get the new football practice facility up and built so we can retrofit the current one for indoor track and field and get them out of there. Because Ahern honestly looks like it could collapse in on itself at any day. But it's in Bramlage do pick a game, market it, get as many folks in there. Basically, just pack the house for a volleyball game and highlight your stars and get everyone excited for that. Same goes for women's basketball. Again, you have a great recruiting class coming in. You have those stars, which we saw win a game in the NCAA tournament. There's no reason to think that you can't be competing near the top of the Big 12 so you can host some women's basketball games. And I mean, I, I'm not going to say win the Big 12 because every time you try to say something like that, you know, Baylor still finds a way to win it. But just compete near the top of the Big 12 next year. And there should be realistic excitement for this basketball team, this women's basketball team. You know, they usually do a pretty good job at trying to come up with ticket packages and all that type of stuff. But what I think they, they need to do to create excitement for the women's volleyball team, and I'll do this for the men's team as well. I believe that next year, for the very first game of the NCAA season, K-State Athletics needs to host a marathon day of college basketball. I think that you need to have the men tipping off at 8 p.m., the women tipping off at 5 p.m., and then you build it backwards from there. You talk to Manhattan Christian College, Kansas Wesleyan. Get one of those MIAA teams to play a home game in Bramlage that very first day of the season. And have your own, you know, ESPN used to do the 24-hour of basketball marathon. Have your own 12-hour basketball marathon right there. Five, six games. Start as early as eight. Go eight, 11, what, 2 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and then maybe get one of the junior colleges to play a game that tips off at 11 p.m. Get excitement for college basketball in Manhattan back. Get a bunch of teams in there. Play five, six games in a day. And really highlight the stars on the K-State women's and men's team. Get people to show up, really get to know these guys, and enjoy college basketball. 
Now, that could be the stupidest idea ever, and some folks are probably, and, and probably the folks who think this is the stupidest episode I've ever done probably aren't listening to this point. But I, I think that if you can figure it out from a facility staffing point, that is something that is going to get talked about on ESPN, on Kansas City Sports Talk Radio, that's going to be talked about across the world of folks who love college basketball. And again, I have my own critiques of college basketball as a whole and how how it really doesn't get any sort of national publicity until after football season. I don't think it should be starting in October, November. I think it should be starting in January. But that's besides the point. For anyone who is truly a college basketball fan, I'm not saying a fan of their school. I'm not saying a fan of their conference, but all the true college basketball fans would be obsessed with the idea of one city, one arena, hosting multiple different levels of college basketball, all in back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. Start off with Manhattan Christian, then like Kansas Wesleyan, then Washburn University, then the K-State women, then the K-State men, then like Hutch Juco or whoever else you want to end the night. Five, six different levels of basketball all in one spot. I think for one night you would make Manhattan, Kansas, the college basketball capital of the world. And it's not going to just get excitement from our fans around our two teams, but excitement from the entire college basketball world for the teams playing in Manhattan, Kansas. Now, again, this might be the most idiotic episode I've ever done. Some folks might think all of this is stupid. This was a waste of 30 minutes. But I think K-State truly is sitting at a point in its history where there is some real momentum around a lot of their teams. And I don't think it should be squandered. I don't think it should be squandered. I think the athletic department needs to go into overdrive telling the stories, getting the eyeballs on social media, and doing everything they can to get us back into the stadiums and arenas. And fans need to deliver when they give us that opportunity. It's all three-pronged. It can't just be one of the three prongs. And I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be. So, I want you all to... Text me, tweet me, Snapchat, Instagram, DM, whatever. Let me know what would energize you. What what is some stuff that I've missed? What do you what do you want to see from the athletic department? What do you want to see from the teams? What do you want to see from your fellow fans to keep this excitement and momentum that has built for some of these teams in this athletic department so it doesn't go to waste? Because again, I, I think that there, the opportunity, not to go all Bill Snyder on us, but I think the opportunity for one of the most fun academic and athletic seasons is upon us for the 22-23 year, and it shouldn't be one that's taken lightly. So let me know. Let me know if I'm crazy. Let me know if this was a waste of your time. Uh, I believe on Tuesday we are going to talk to Jimmy to get a more X's and O's look at how 
Baylor did some things so we can try to get an idea of maybe what Jerome Tang is going to look like strategy and system-wise. Hoping Wednesday we're going to get Grant KSU back for an episode. It'll be a quick one because I think it's going to be his commute time coming home from work. But we're going to try to get his views on Jerome Tang. And then we're still working on a few other things that maybe will be this week, maybe will be next week. I'm not going to commit to a full five shows this week. But if the right emails get answered, we, we will have another five show week. So we love you guys. Talk with me on ColorCast Wednesday at 7 p.m. Check out athleticgreens.com slash sports drink so you can stop choking down a bunch of multivitamins and probiotics and get it all just in one scoop that actually tastes good. All right, we love you guys. Talk to you soon. And as always, Grant will forever be at the cat head. He's just waiting for you to meet him there. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater, from sea to sea, onward UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Fight, 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 glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go state!
Social Podcast Network.